Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Steve Poos Benson Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Poos Benson. Hey, it's great to come to you here with another episode. Um, I am here with my high-tech microphone, my uh, blue and white snowball microphone. I'm sitting in my office, sitting in my uh, in my comfortable easy chair, and I want to bring you an interview I had with Mitch Samu. Do you have anybody, somebody in your life that just gets your creative juices flowing? Well, Mitch does that for me. Not only is he the Minister of Music and Worship here and Fine Arts here at Columbine, but he is one of the most creative people I know, and he just get my juices flowing. So I wanted to interview Mitch with the hopes that maybe he will get your own creativity pumping. Here he is, Mitch Samu. Most fortunate persons in the person in the world because I get to meet with Mitch Samu every single week on Monday afternoon. A lot of people pay bunches of money to sit down and talk with Mitch, and I get to do it. It's just part of my job and part of my life. You know, one of the things I love about uh, talking with Mitch is Mitch is the most creative person that I know in the world, and Mitch does a marvelous job of bringing creativity out of me, and we've been talking about creativity a lot. So I want to just take a few moments on this podcast, and I want to riff with Mitch about creativity and what does it mean to be a creative and how everybody can kind of tie it tie in or tap into their own creativity so let's start with you mitch what does it mean for you to be a creative person i i i believe there's no limit to creativity i want to comment on something you said i think that we limit being creative to being like, you know me as a piano player, as a composer. So you think, well, that's creative. That's very creative. And, you know, we don't think of people who cook as being creative. We don't think of people, this sounds weird saying this, who do your taxes as being creative because that can get Ugh. funny. Right. But I mean, yeah. like, like, let's use a doctor, for example. I'm sure a doctor has a book and they say, well, this is the cure. Yeah, but a creative thinker thinks, yeah, but you know what? Wait a second. I heard a friend who said, and we tried things. I think we limit creativity to artists, movie people, musicians. They're creative, but a guy at a, at a cubicle is not creative. Someone in a garden is not creative. See, I, I don't think so. I think everyone's creative. So you're just expanding the whole notion of what it means to be creative to try to get everybody to think about what does it mean to be creative. Uh, just something as simple as this. This just crossed my mind. Driving to and from work. Let's uh-huh. say you go to a job every day. You uh-huh. go to the tech center every day. Uh-huh. Well, if you choose to drive the exact same way every single day, no matter what, there's nothing creative about that. What if you said, you know what? I'm going to turn left here. I've never turned left here. That's a creative choice. Huh? We get in a rut. Uh-huh. I think we get in a rut. And when I say we, I mean people who kind of work in what I'm using air quotes, even though you can't see me, <laughs> are they think are non-creative jobs. Maybe they're a widget maker, and they sit there and they punch out a widget all day. Well, what about driving to and from work? What about taking a different path for lunch? You, you walk a different way. Just something like that is creative because what I think happens, and the difference between someone like me and maybe other people, is that once you start getting that muse going, it likes it. And it wants to do it more and more and more. Me, I'm creative every day. So the muse and me are constantly dancing where a person's thinking, well, I make a left going to work that I've never been. That's just stupid. Yeah, but what if you see something you've never seen? The next day you may say, hey, man, I'm going to make a right this time. See, the muse gets excited. Well, talk about the muse. I mean, because you're right. I think that 
it's is it something that muses sitting latent inside of people and, and and like your whole idea of smoking angels they're just talk about your smoking angels real quick i believe i have cigarette smoking poker playing angels i've had them my whole life and i believe all of us everyone has an angel or angels i just have a bunch of them and i totally steal it from the velvet painting of the dog smoking and playing poker uh-huh. so where i get the image from I have this room full of cigarette smoking poker playing angels and all their entire job, their one, they only have one job and that's to help me and take care of me. That's all they do. They do nothing else. They don't help anyone else unless I send them to. They want to help me. So every time Mitch Samu says, hey, they stop playing poker for a second because I said, hey, well, after hey usually comes an idea, a creative idea, a thought, a muse. So I say, hey, what if I were to write a show about Harriet Tubman? Well, now they're excited and they're like, wow. So they start putting the cigarettes down and they start putting the cards down. I think 99% of people right there say, well, that's just stupid. Uh, right. Right. I, I'm I'm someone making a lasagna for dinner, and I think, wow, I've never used a cinnamon in lasagna. Well, I think those angels say, hey, there's an idea, and then imme- almost immediately you say, well, that's just stupid. So then you don't do well. Then they start playing poker and smoking again because they're like, well, we got nothing to do. So they're waiting for you to make the muse. Is it, are those angels the muse? No, I don't think so. I think the muse, like you were just saying, is inside of all of us. Inside of all of us. A gardener, a painter, a lawyer, anybody. It's inside of all of us to have creative ideas. And if you don't let it out, like Elizabeth um, Gilbert will tell you, the muse will move on. The muse will say, you know what? I'm going to find someone who wants to play with me. Because you're just not really that interested in playing with me. So I think the muse leaves. I think the angels are the ones who start. Imagine balls of yarn on a map with push pins. Uh And when you have an idea, I'm going to write a musical about Harriet Tubman. And I take an action step down here on the earthly plane. I start writing it. They're like, okay, okay. So... In a year from now, who do we need him to meet that's going to connect him to this Harriet Tubman musical? Yeah, but you know what? Next month, there's a thing going on in downtown Denver he needs to know about. And they start connecting these yarns with pushpins around the idea as long as I continue to take an action step towards it. So by taking the action step, are you greasing the muse? Are you just kind of greasing the wheels so that the muse keeps on waking up, keep on waking up? Inside of you? Absolutely, because the muse has unlimited energy and time means nothing to the muse and the angels. Time is irrelevant to them. They have nothing but yes. That's all they want to do. We both have children. When our children were little, they would go to the park and play forever. And they would say to me, hey, dad, watch me, watch me. What? They never ran out of energy to say, watch me, watch me. Right. I think the muse and the angels are exactly right. the same way. And so you grease the muse, you get the muse going when you, as simple as, I'm going to turn left and not right. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this and not that. Yep. And when you start saying, I'm going to do this, the muse goes, woo. And then the angels put their cards down and suddenly everybody starts conspiring on your behalf to bring this creative thing to, to fruition. To maybe, maybe I might say to a fruition. To a fruition. Because I think sometimes we think we have the end result. We in our mind say, well, the end result is this. 
And we're very black and white about that. I don't know that that's the truth. I think the fruition for us is the action of doing it. Because while you make that left, you may see a bistro you never saw before. Well, now you say, hey, Phoebe, I saw a bistro. Let's go there for dinner next week. Well, now you and Phoebe are at the bistro and you hear a song that, see, all of a sudden, so what was the fruition of that? We don't know. But if you say, well, I'm not telling Phoebe about that bistro. Well, then your angel starts smoking and your says, ah, shoot. Like that, that was the thing that we wanted that because there's another thing you don't know about. It's not about the bistro. It's about something else. So it's trusting the process? Absolutely. Absolutely. Trust the process and believe. And Joel Olstein, who you know I like a lot, he will say, are you going to give up in a month? Well, how about a year? How about 10 years? How about your whole life? Are you going to keep believing your whole life or are you just going to give up? in a month. There are projects, you know, there are projects of mine that have been brewing for years that when I started them, I had no idea where they might go. But the point was I started them. So then my angels connect to someone else's angels and say, hey, you need to go see this at this church. Well, what? I don't want you. And all of a sudden yarn starts getting connected in places that I have no idea. So, um, what is your creative process for you? How does that work? What does that look like inside of you? How, like, how do you get to a, a, a Harriet Tubman piece? I mean, so what do you do? Do you start with that idea? You have the idea and the angels pick it up? Or is there, how do you get to the point where it's actually something on the page? I was inspired by the Harriet Tubman idea by a podcast I listened to when I was in a big traffic jam in Colorado. I was stuck in my car, not moving for about 45 minutes. And there was a podcast about Harriet Tubman, so I listened to it. And there was one sentence in the entire podcast that triggered me. One sentence made me say, well, there it was. That's it. That's the beginning. So right then, out loud, in my car, and again, this may be hard for some people to do, but in my car, out loud, I say... I'm going to write a musical about Harriet Tubman. Now, let me be clear. I'm a musician. I write musicals. You write books. You might be inspired. Your sentence might be, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a short story. I'm going to preach a sermon about. Because we, we all need to find our lane, right? I, I shouldn't cook find dinner. Our lane. Right. Yeah. What's, lane what's your lane? Your lane is a, as a book writer. Right. That's your lane. So right. John, John is a painter. He might right. paint something painter, about right. Harriet Tubman. Well, I'm going to write a musical. So I don't want people to think, well, I can't write music. That's not the point. So I say out loud, out of my mouth, out loud, I'm going to write a musical about Harriet Tubman. I'm inspired. And the name of the musical is One Way Ticket. See, all of a sudden, I've not only said what I'm going to do, I named it. I gave it a name. Both, all three of your children have names. My two children, they have names. They live into their names. They become their names. So I give this creative thought a name. And then I let it just, brew. now the brewing has started. The muse has started and lit the fires and the brewing has started. The angels have put down their cards. Oh, they- Everybody's... And everybody's going to take the yep. next step. Take yep. the next step. And take I think the, the angels step. wait. They're waiting because they're waiting because they're so used to hearing people say, ah, that's just stupid. I'm not going to do that. So they're waiting. They're waiting for us. And then, But when you don't, they're like, okay, hold it. He's on a thing here. Let's go. This is exciting. This is what we do. So then it just starts from there. And, and what, what do you do next? Well, what I do is uh, I will, I will, I will uh, brew on that and stew on that for a while. And then um, I will go home and I'll turn on a keyboard because that's my medium I work in. I'll turn on a keyboard 
and I'll just start. I just start playing. I don't even know what I'm doing. I just start. And I listen for a sound that I like. I listen for something that I like, and I go from there. So um, one of the things that, you, that you've taught me is to, um, and I still work on this, this is one of the things I trip up on, is not to be mindful, not to care about the back end, as far as like, who's going to listen, like, you know, this whole podcast, you've been on my back to try this, and I've said, oh my God, Mitch, but 10 people listen to it, you say, that's not it, that's not the point, the point is that you're doing it, you're being creative, because you never know which of those 10 people need to hear this, and I'm going to take it the next step, so talk to me about that, because, I mean, sometimes you put in tons and hours and hours and hours and three people show up. Yeah. How do you not get discouraged? And what do you do with that? Well, so many different questions there. I totally get discouraged. So don't let's not say I don't get discouraged. My ego takes a big old hit. My ego hurts a lot when that happens because I take it personally. And I think for me, the, the challenge is to not put, well, unless 50 people come, it's a failure. No, 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 no. Maybe the person who's producing the piece who needs to make money, they might say, what I do creatively is I make money. In order for me to make money, 50 people need to attend or I have failed. That's about making money. That's not about my piece. I, as the writer, have to stay on my lane, the lane thing we just talked about. I have to stay in my lane and say, no, Mitch, your challenge, your offer was to create the piece not to say, well, 50 people are going to come. That's not what I do. I'm not a marketer. I'm not an advertiser. That's the biggest thing that helped me in my creativity was to understand that it's my job to create. It is not my job or my skill set to market and get people to come to something. So you don't get discouraged when three people show up? I get discouraged on an ego. On an ego reason, I totally get discouraged. And not but, I know that those three people are going to be blessed and they're going to hear something in there that's going to speak to them. Because I remember like with uh, your show Kiss, the first time you did it, I was one of those three people. Yep. And uh, the first time I heard it, I thought my first time I walked in, I went, oh my God, there's only three people here. And then I heard it and I went, oh, this thing has serious, serious legs to it. And now you have a $25,000 grant around it. Now you have people approaching you to make a movie about it. Yep. So, I mean, there's big things that have, come, that have come out of these three people who sat there and listened to this thing for the first time. Yep, and those three people, again, we were focused on that it was only three people, and I get it. Believe me, my ego gets that. But the point is that I believed in the creative piece that I wrote, and three people said to themselves, you know what? We like Mitch enough. We're going to get in our car and we're going to drive to that place and we're going to sit there. See, that means a lot to me. Whether it's three or 3,000 doesn't change the message of KISS. It just changes the amount of people in the room. It doesn't change the message of the story. The three of you got the exact same story that 3,000 people will get when there's a movie about it. It's, It's the same story. So I think putting your ego aside, and that's very hard to do, is to say, well, the only way this is successful is if X amount of people buy my whatever. Well, now you're asking people to do that. See, that's not our job. Our job is to write it. Because I think about that with your book. Your book is very moving and very touching for me, Sent to Soar. Very touching. And I sold three copies. (laughs) And you sold three copies. And it's yours. And you have it. And you don't know when someone's going to hear a sermon on some YouTube we send out and they're going to say, hey, 
I'm a publisher. Do you have anything out there in the world? You see what I mean? We don't know. But if you don't write the book, then it doesn't matter. Then we'll never know the answer to that. I went and did a TED Talk audition the other day. I signed up for an audition and I went and did the audition. It would have been so easy for me to not sign up or back out when they sent me the confirmation. It would have been so easy for me to say, yeah, I'm uh, unavailable, right? I was nervous, I was scared. I've never done one of those before, but I did it. Yeah. Did so the, anything so come the, from it? The angels picked up the, put down their cards, put down the cigarettes, and you started working. Absolutely. And, said we, and you had no idea what was gonna happen. Absolutely, and they sit there and they just smile. Because getting a TED Talk is not the goal. Showing up at the audition was the goal. Because six people heard me who'd never even met me. They didn't even know I existed on the planet Earth. Six of them heard me. How do I know that one of them didn't feel or hear something that impacted their life? Whether I get a TED Talk or not is not the point. I did what I was asked to do, and six human beings heard me talk for five minutes. That's cool. All right, one of the things you do as for a living, and I love it because you do it for me, is you help people become creative. For the people listening to this podcast, give them some real concrete things that they can do to help get the creative, their own angels, to put down the cards, their own muse to get going. What do they need to do? I think for me, the first thing is to define something you like to do. I have a friend who loves taking care of his yard. I mean, it's like a golf course. He loves it. It's a passion. He loves doing it. I can't think of five things I'd rather not do more than work on my yard. And you know what this man has? A beautiful yard. But you know what else he has? He'll talk about his yard to you. He will talk to you about his yard from April through September. He will tell you about taking care of his yard and what he's done because he's passionate about it. I could care less about taking care of my yard. So I think that a simple answer is, what do you like? You, you like something. I don't care if you're a runner. Let's say you're a runner and you like to run. You know, that's not my thing. I see runners all the time. You've told me you like to run. You've told me those words. I've never said those words in my life and meant it. Well, how do you get creative with the running? I don't know. It's up a different way. Maybe you join, you, you're going to sign up for an Ironman and you're going to do it. See, that excites you. So now instead of saying, oh, well, you know, I have to go run this morning. A big change is I get to go run this morning. I get to work on my yard today. Mitch Samu, I get to go in my basement and write new music. See, that's exciting to me. Someone else, my yard guy, he may be like, the oh, it's like the worst thing in the world I could ever say. But that's how it works. You find what you like and you build from there. And so the, what's, the, what's the second step? You find what you do and then you do it? You do it, but I think if I can, step 1A, don't care about what other people think about key. what you like. You, that's what you've told me yeah. over and over. You yeah. can't care what people think. You yeah. cannot care what people think. You cannot care because it's your life. It's your job. It's your creativity. My wife, she loves to cook. I'm fascinated by watching her cook. It's incredible to me. And I thank her all the time for what she does. She loves it. It fills her. It, that's not my thing. It excites her to do that. You love the running. You love the horses. I know you do. That excites you. You get up in the morning and say, I get to. Maybe that's a key. Maybe that's a simple key for what you're asking. If you're saying, I have to, that's, that's not fine. a passion. That's right. That, that's not a like or a passion. Right. 
I get to. There are some people who say, I get to go to work. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, there's no limits to this. It's not right or wrong. It's right or wrong internally. But if you say, I get to, I'm very excited, as are your angels and your muse, to hear the very next words that are coming out of your mouth. I get to go to swim class today. I get to go to Taekwondo. I get to, then everyone's excited about what you're doing. And now you're on your way. Cool. All right, we're going to bring this to an end. Um, how would you want to close this? Anything you want to say in, in response? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid and don't care what other people think. Because as I said in my Mitch Talk audition the other day, you are the only person we get on this earth ever, 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 ever. Your combination at this time will never happen. We have to have what you have to offer to the world. Cool. All right, Mitch. Thank you very much. Beautiful, man. Thanks.